0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Motion Church Weekly Podcast. On this podcast, we share some thoughts from our weekly gatherings as home churches, as well as our messages from when we all get together. It's our desire to help people become fully devoted followers of Jesus, and we hope that this podcast encourages you to walk in that way. Thanks again for joining us, and enjoy this episode. It's Caleb here with the Most Church Weekly by myself this week. Shannon had to cover a shift at work, so I'll be taking you through what we looked at this weekend as a church, and um, been really excited lately about what God's been showing us through the book of John, and um, so I'm going to give that to you here from this week. We started John chapter 7. And so, we're moving through uh, the Gospel of John. And so, previously in chapter 6, Jesus had fed the 5,000 plus people. He walked on the water, and he gave one of his most um, offensive sermons in this ministry. Uh, We see Jesus, when he is speaking there, towards the end of chapter 6, a lot of the people that were following him decided to leave him and not follow him anymore because the things he was saying were just too uh too much to handle. Um uh, they didn't want to fully believe what Jesus was saying about him about himself. And uh, so if you missed that uh Shannon uh talked about that last week on the podcast, so go check that one out. Uh so that was the second half of John chapter 6. Well, so this week uh we get into Jesus again here and he's again setting up uh for Another big blow to the Pharisees, to the traditions of the Jewish people. And um, so we see Jesus doing a few things here, and we're going to briefly go through those um, this week. And so, John chapter 7, verse uh, verses 1 through 24, we looked at. And so, kind of want to just give to you <coughs> some... Uh, main themes that were throughout this uh, passage that we looked at and then we'll talk about them a little bit more as we get to the end. But um, a few of the main themes that we saw uh, throughout that passage that we studied was self-glory versus God's glory and um, we'll talk about those as we go through. So self-glory versus God's glory. We also saw worldly wisdom versus God's wisdom and how that dynamic (laughs) is working throughout, really, the entire Gospel of John. And then the last theme that we looked at was appearance versus reality, or appearance versus truth. And Jesus, throughout this entire Gospel, is really trying to get the people to look past the appearances and get to the truth, get to the reason behind things. And so, uh, we're going to go through this here. John chapter 7, verse 1 says, After this, Jesus went about in Galilee. He would not go about in Judea because the Jews were seeking to kill him. Now the uh, Jews' feast of booths was at hand. And so um, right out of the gate, chapter 7, we see that Jesus uh, is not going about in Judea because people were trying to kill him there. They wanted to put him to death because of the last thing that happened there towards the end of chapter 6. And so Jesus is residing in Galilee right now. And so we see that... Um, Because he's in Galilee, um, the Feast of Booths, which was coming up here at this time, um, was happening near Judea. And so Jesus was kind of deciding whether he should be going to that or not. And we get that from verse 3. It says, So his brothers, Jesus' brothers, said to him, Leave here and go to Judea, that your disciples also may see the works you're doing. For no one works in secret if he seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. For not even his brothers believed in him. And we get a really good insight into Jesus' home life. At this point, Jesus in his ministry, he had spent 30 years with his family. And learning the trade of Joseph, uh, carpentry, becoming becoming a carpenter, and his his brothers, we see from John, that they did not even believe that Jesus was who he said he was. And they had spent 30 years with Jesus. And so, take encouragement in that. If you have family members who have not trusted in Christ, who have no idea why you're doing what you're doing, seeking after Jesus, take encouragement in that Jesus dealt with that same thing. But we see his brothers here telling him to do something. You see them telling him to go to the feast, that he should go to Judea, because nobody, they say, nobody who, who makes these claims about themselves Wants to do it in secret. He says they want to be known openly. They want to make themselves known. And so they're like, man, Jesus, go show yourself to the world, they say at the end of verse 4. And Jesus, of course, we, we know he is working on a different timeline than man's timeline. And so we see those, we see two of those themes happening here. The self-glory versus God's glory. His brothers wanted him to get glory for himself. And Jesus, we know, wants to only give glory To God the Father And then we also see this Earthly wisdom versus heavenly wisdom This is obviously earthly wisdom That they're giving to Jesus here They're wanting him to um, act like everybody else When you have something to say about yourself They're like man go say it Go show yourself to the world And Jesus doesn't do that And it's interesting we cross reference this To Matthew chapter 4 and verses 8 through 11 Jesus is tempted by the devil And Satan kind of uses the same tactic with jesus but we get a very similar response because satan takes jesus up to a mountain and says here look all of these kingdoms can be yours if you'll bow to me and jesus he knows that one day he will be ruling over the entire kingdoms of the earth and he could have rushed that and said okay yeah i want it now but jesus said no i'm I'm giving god the glory." Following his timeline, I can only do what God the Father tells me to do. And so Satan tempts Jesus in the same way that his brothers did here in John chapter 7. And so we move on. Jesus responds to his brothers in verse 6. He says, My time has not yet come, but your time is always here. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify about it that its works are evil. You go up to the feast. I'm not going up to this feast, for my time has not yet fully come. After saying this, he remained in Galilee. In verse 10, we see, he says, But after his brothers had gone up to the feast, then he also went up, not publicly, but in private. And there's a little bit of discussion about um, these verses here where Jesus says, I'm not going up to this feast, but then he ends up going. And what we're seeing here is that Jesus is not lying to his brothers. Um, in fact, in the Greek, the present tense there in verse 8, where he says, I'm not going up to this feast, can... Uh, literally mean I'm not now going up to this feast I'm not going right now like you want me to go right now and so he's not declining saying that I'm never going up to the feast he's just not at that present time going up and so Jesus his response is is classic he's like you know what the world can't hate you but it it hates me because I testify about it that its works are evil and so Jesus' response is sharing these heavenly wisdoms that he has from God. And then verse 11 we get the Jews at the feast were looking for him and they were saying where is he and there was much muttering about him among the people while some said he's a good man others said no he's leading the people astray yet for fear of the Jews no one spoke openly of him. And so we see from these verses here that Jesus requires a response from people when Jesus shows up people have got to make a choice about what they're going to do with him. We see people, we have two responses here in this passage. People say, yeah, he's a good man. And other people say, no, he's leading the people astray. We, we need to kill him. So there's two responses. There's people kind of accepting him, and then there's people that are totally rejecting him. But because the Jews were, some of the Jews hated him so much, no one was really speaking openly of Jesus And Jesus, of course, is there privately, and so he's probably hearing these conversations. And then we get to verse 14, and it says, About the middle of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and began teaching. So right in the middle of this, Jesus goes up and he begins to teach. And the Jews, in verse 15, marveled, saying, How is it that this man has learning when he has never studied? So Jesus answered them, My teaching is not mine, but his who sent me. If anyone's will is to do God's will, he will know whether the teaching is from God or whether I am speaking on my own authority. The one who speaks on his own authority seeks his own glory, but the one who seeks the glory of him who sent him is true, and in him there is no falsehood. And so what does Jesus do? He gets up there, starts teaching, and immediately the people are just amazed because we see, and especially in Mark, uh, we see that whenever Jesus taught, people were just blown away. And specifically here we get to see that the, Pharisees were totally lost because they hear Jesus and and they're like man how can he teach like this without having studied without having learned like us and so the Jews were totally stuck in their in their ways and they, they were they were thinking to themselves how can Jesus speak like this without having proper teaching and back in in this day usually Um, The children, they went to kind of like a primary type school together, boys and girls. And then after a few years of that, the boys only were attached to some kind of rabbinic school or they went to a trade or something like that. And so the ones that went to the rabbinic school, they were um, sent to follow a rabbi. And so they had this teaching from a rabbi. And Jesus, of course, the Jews knew That Jesus did not have that upbringing because his father was a carpenter. So he immediately went and was becoming a carpenter. And so they're like, there's no way Jesus had this kind of learning like we have. And so how is he (laughs) speaking like this? And Jesus says, you know what? My teaching is not mine. He immediately takes the attention off of him, puts it to God. He says, but it's his who sent me. And he says, you know what? Your, your way of thinking is that there's only two ways to be able to learn this. You're either self-taught or you go to this rabbinic schooling. And Jesus says, you know what? <laughs> my way is neither of those. I was taught directly by God himself. Everything I have is from God. So cool. And Jesus gets into verse 17. He says, if anyone's will is to do God's will, he will know whether the teaching is from God or whether I am speaking on my own authority. And so Jesus is saying here that, hey, if you're looking to do God's will, you're going to know that what I'm speaking is true. And so Jesus is, again, reinforcing this idea that if you want to really know God and who he is, you have to go through Jesus. There's no other way. You cannot know God without knowing Jesus. And when he says, if anyone's will is to do God's will, back in chapter 6, if you remember, Jesus explain to everybody what is the work or the will of god he's and he answers that question what is the work of god and he says the work of god is to believe in the one whom he sent that's in uh, john chapter 6 and so when he says the will of god if you're going to do god's will that means you're going to believe in jesus and then you will know that the teaching is from god and so he's he's boom laying this out here to these people and then he gets to verse 18 he says the one who speaks on his own authority seeks his own glory but the one who seeks the glory of him who sent him is true and in him there's no falsehood so he just reinforces the fact that he's not there on his own authority he's there on god's authority for god's glory jesus exemplifies what he's teaching in verse 18 he never sought his own glory he always pointed back to his father and then he gets into this really interesting thing in verses 19 through 24, he goes right at the Jews and their um, religious uh, acts, and specifically something from the law. And in verse 19, he, he says, Jesus says, Has not Moses given you the law? <laughs> Yet none of you keeps the law. That had to hurt. He says, Why do you seek to kill me? And the crowd answered, You have a demon. Think about what they just said there. They said, Jesus has a demon. What did they what did what did they just say? They called light darkness. Where did we see that happen? John chapter 1. Where he says they're going to call darkness light and light and darkness. The world gets it backwards. They said, "Jesus, you have a demon who is seeking to kill you." Jesus answered them. He says, "I did one work, specifically that one work he's talking about healing the man at the pool of Bethesda. He says I did one work and you all marvel at it." And he says, Moses gave you circumcision, not that it is from Moses, but from the fathers. And you circumcise a man on the Sabbath. If on the Sabbath a man receives circumcision, so that the law of Moses may not be broken, are you angry with me because on the Sabbath I made a man's whole body well? Do not judge by appearances, but judge with right judgment. So what Jesus is getting at here is that the Jews, they were given circumcision, first of all, Abraham was given circumcision as a sign of God's people were circumcised. Then Moses was given circumcision as part of the law. And it said that on the eighth day, um, every male child had to be circumcised. And so what Jesus is getting at here is he's saying, you know, you also have this law about the Sabbath where you're not supposed to work on the Sabbath. But what happens if eight days when when a male child is supposed to be circumcised happens on the Sabbath? Do you not do it? in order to not break the Sabbath? No, they circumcise the child on the eighth day, even if it lands on the Sabbath, so that they are keeping the law. And Jesus says, think about what what you are doing there, right? You're circumcising on the Sabbath because that's what God wanted you to do. And he says, on the Sabbath, I made a man's whole body well. Why are you angry? Because Jesus is getting at the deeper purpose of the laws. It was not... To, you know, differentiate between, okay, do we need to not circumcise this kid on the eighth day because it's the Sabbath? No, of course you did that because that's what God asked you to do. And so Jesus said, I made a man's whole body well on the Sabbath. Why are you getting angry with me? And, you know, um, that was something that Jesus was getting at here. If you were going to care for one part of the body and that was permitted then certainly the healing of a whole body, the entire body, should be allowed on the Sabbath. And Jesus was was hitting at that here. And then Jesus, lastly in verse 24, he goes at them and he says, Do not judge by appearances, but judge with right judgment. And Jesus, his call to the people was to look past their preconceived knowledge about the law and recognize who it was that was standing in front of them. They, they were so focused on their set of rules that they had made up in order that they would not break the law that Jesus said, Listen, the one who gave you the law is standing right in front of you, and that is God himself in the flesh, and you're missing it. He says, Don't judge by appearances, but judge with right judgment. He was calling them to repentance. And so we see in this passage, and again, I just want to make sure that you understand that we're setting up for The next couple weeks where Jesus gets into this um, a little bit deeper with the people. And so we see those themes that we talked about at the beginning, the self-glory versus God's glory. Jesus, his brothers wanted him to give the attention to himself, but Jesus was giving God all of the glory. And we read uh, 1 Corinthians 10 verses 31 through chapter 11 verse 1. I encourage you to go back and read those. So good about giving God the glory. Uh, Colossians 3.17, First uh, Peter 4.11, Paul and Peter, they encourage followers of Jesus to give God all the glory. And then that second theme about worldly wisdom versus God's wisdom. Everybody there that was listening to Jesus was so confused because in their earthly minds, they could not understand how this man was teaching with such authority and such power and such truth. But it was because Jesus had that heavenly wisdom and they missed it could not recognize because they couldn't get past their own thoughts they couldn't recognize that Jesus was God and that's what Jesus and that's what John is getting at in his gospel and um, to that we went First Corinthians chapter 1 verses 18 through 25 and that's just talking about how God takes the foolish things of the world to confound the wise those that are wise according to the earth standards really are nothing compared to God's wisdom and then the last thing was appearance versus reality or appearance versus truth Jesus was always trying to get people to see the truth to see reality and he himself was always speaking truth and we looked at um, Matthew 23 verses 23 through 24 John chapter 5 verses 39 and 40 again Jesus trying to get people to realize what's actually going on and you know I believe today believers are struggling with the same thing. Do we want to get glory for ourselves, or are we actually seeking God's glory? Are we living by our worldly wisdom, what's worked, what what people have always done, or are we seeking God's wisdom in his word? And we're I feel like we're we're building lives, we're building our families, we're building our our churches based on traditions rather than the word of God. We had discussions with people, or we've had discussions with people recently where they're just struggling with the idea of what God really wants for them. And we're like, well, you need to get into the into the Word, get to know Him, seek that heavenly wisdom, ask for that heavenly wisdom, and He will give it to you. It's in James, we see that in James, asking you will receive the wisdom of God. And so, seek the heavenly wisdom. Seek the truth. And that last one, appearance versus truth. Gotta seek the truth and ask God to help you to see past the appearances. see past your preconceived knowledge. See past your traditions. To see the truth of God's word. And so, just want to remind you that John's gospel is about us understanding who Jesus is. That he is the son of God. And that there's life in his name if we would believe in him. And this story shares that with us. Do we believe who Jesus is? And if we do, if we believe He's the Son of God, if we believe that He came to this earth and died for our sins, our life needs to be different. The things we do need to be different. The things we say need to be different. The way we go about raising our families need to be different. The way we go about living life every single day needs to be different. And so I encourage you to go back, read those cross references as we close out this podcast here. We hope to see you next week on the podcast. Hope you are enjoying this. Hope you, hopefully you're getting encouragement and admonishment from the Word of God and that you are digging into God's Word each and every day to get to know Him better so that we can live a life that brings honor to Him. Have a great week. And we'll catch up with you next week on the podcast. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Motion Church Weekly. As always, head over to our website at motionchurch.life or follow us on social media to keep up with the latest from Motion Church. We hope you have a great week.